love you For the way you On the morning of January 8, 2023, Lisa Marie Presley appeared at the Elvis Presley Day celebration at Graceland to commemorate what would have been her father's 88th birthday. The celebration is held on the same day every year. Hundreds of Elvis fanatics descend on Graceland and are treated to a cake-cutting ceremony and a proclamation from the mayor of Memphis that the day is and always will be Elvis Presley Day in the city. These appearances celebrating her father, both at Graceland and otherwise, used to be common for Lisa Marie. For better or worse, her legacy and her livelihood were directly linked to Elvis's continued popularity. But years of drug abuse combined with the nasty side effects of bariatric weight loss surgery a decade earlier left Lisa Marie with chronic, crippling stomach issues. And her son Benjamin's suicide in 2020 brought on a deep depression, which made it almost impossible for Lisa Marie to even leave the house anymore. But in May of 2022, famed director Baz Luhrmann gave Lisa Marie and her mother Priscilla an advanced look at his upcoming Elvis movie starring Austin Butler, and she adored it. She called the movie nothing short of spectacular, and even said it helped her navigate through her hideous grief caused by Benjamin's death. And so she emerged for the first time in years, doing the daytime talk show circuit to promote the movie and agreeing to attend a series of public events like the Graceland commemoration and then the Golden Globe award ceremony scheduled for two days later in L.A., the Oscars would be next. The movie gave Lisa Marie a sense of purpose she hadn't had in a long time. And so, on the afternoon of January 8th, Lisa Marie emerged from the Graceland Mansion and entered the VIP tent to give a short speech to the assembled guests. She looked great, thin with dark sunglasses covering her eyes, and a full face of well-done makeup and a warm smile for the crowd. Her deep voice she'd inherited from her father was frayed and bore a bit of a tremor, but she charmed the crowd with her remarks. Today, uh, he would have been 88 years old. Um, it's hard to believe. Um, and I think that he'd be proud. I think this year's been an incredible year. I think the movie was incredible. Um, and I'm very proud of it. I hope you guys are too. But I just, it's just so moving how every year you come from all over the world and it's, it's moving to me and my family, and thank you. When she finished speaking, she signed autographs and posed for selfies with a long line of Elvis fans, and at 3 p.m. boarded a friend's private jet for the four-hour flight back to L.A. She was then shuttled to another birthday party for her dad at the famous Formosa Cafe in Hollywood, and the next night she had dinner out with a group of friends. She was enjoying the moment, but also paying a price. Though she didn't tell anyone, her stomach pain was agonizing. The next night, Sunday, January 10th, Lisa Marie arrived at the Beverly Hilton Hotel for the Golden Globes. She was a ghostly shade of pale and was unsteady on her feet. She had to ask her companion for the evening, 80-year-old Jerry Schilling, who had been one of her father's best friends, if she could grab his arm for support. As soon as she sat, she confessed to her mother how bad her stomach was and said she might have to leave. But she stayed, sitting through the four-hour event before dutifully dropping by Baz Luhrmann's after-party at the Chateau Marmont. She left after a few minutes, went home, and got into bed. Two days later, on January 12th, 2023, a housekeeper entered Lisa Marie's bedroom and found her in the throes of full cardiac arrest. The housekeeper summoned her ex-husband, Danny Keough, who had remained close to his ex-wife and moved into the house after the death of their son. Keough administered CPR and called paramedics who, upon their arrival, initially detected signs of life, but it was not to be. 
A short time later, having never regained consciousness despite the medical intervention, Lisa Marie again went into cardiac arrest and passed away. Lisa Marie Presley was 54 years old. I'm Jason Beckerman. I'm Derek Kaufman. This is Last Days, Lisa Marie Presley. An autopsy later revealed Lisa Marie died from complications of a small bowel obstruction following gastric bypass surgery. The way this surgery works is doctors redirect your digestive tract so to bypass the stomach so that the food fed into a small pouch where it's processed. But because the pouch is so small and does not stretch like the stomach to accommodate more food, patients feel fuller, faster, and the desire to overeat is reduced. Small bowel obstructions like the one suffered by Lisa Marie are known long-term risk of bariatric surgery due to the buildup of scar tissue in and around the internal organs and bowels. But these conditions are very rarely fatal because the symptoms are so severe and the problem is relatively easily fixed with minimally invasive procedures. Yet when the L.A. County coroner investigated Lisa Marie's death, he found that she had for months been experiencing more than just her typical abdominal pain, but also had fevers, vomiting, and nausea. But Lisa Marie had never once sought medical intervention. In other words, it wasn't the surgery or the scar tissue that killed Lisa Marie. It was the cardiac arrest that resulted from her letting the symptoms go untreated for so long that killed her. It's hard to imagine someone enduring that much physical pain, which she had to know on some level could be life-threatening, without seeking medical help. Especially Lisa Marie, who had three children at home, including 13-year-old twin girls, who were so reliant upon her. But perhaps it's even harder to imagine what it must have been like to actually be Lisa Marie Presley. At some point, she maybe just got used to the pain. Yeah, she was born in 1968 after Elvis's star had faded. But when he was still one of the most famous people in the world, her birth was front page news right alongside reports of her father having a hardcore drug and substance abuse problem. Her parents divorced when she was four and she split her time with her mom in California and her dad in Memphis, neither of whom, it seems, were particularly attentive parents. At nine, she was at Graceland the night her father died from a lethal cocktail of prescription meds at just 42 years old. And by the age of 13, Lisa Marie was drinking and doing cocaine regularly. In 1985, when she was just 17, her mom drove her uncontrollable daughter to the Church of Scientology's Drug Rehabilitation Center, screaming that she couldn't handle the girl, so maybe the church could. It's so hard to put ourselves in the position of this girl. She lived a childhood unlike anybody else's. I I was trying to think of who is even on the level of being Elvis Presley's child. You have the Beatles children, but there's four of them. And there wasn't sort of all the attention and all the messed up upbringing that Elvis sort of dealt with during his life and his tragic death uh, at at a fairly young age after he bloated and moved to Vegas. Famous young kids today. Beyonce and Jay-Z's kids, but, but Madonna's kids, Michael Jackson's kids. Yes. Michael Jackson's maybe the, the, the strongest corollary just because they are also came from a seemingly weird upbringing, but he had a lot of love and affection for his children. It's hard to know exactly what Priscilla was like. Elvis was famously absent. Even when, uh, Lisa Marie was staying at Graceland when she was sharing time there, he was never around. He was rock star life. So he lived, you know, stayed up all night and was, was asleep all day. And she just had run of the mansion um, Priscilla, it's harder to know, but that relationship was was doomed really from the start, it seems. And there was so much attention on Priscilla. As you said, it was front page news. It is sort of like Michael Jackson in that they she wasn't born into Elvis's rock star days. She was yeah. born into Elvis's lounge lizard right. days in Vegas when he was bloated and drug addled. So that upbringing takes a toll. 
Yeah, and say what you want about the church of Scientology, but they got her clean and may have saved her life. And it was here Lisa Marie met musician Danny Keo. Danny was absurdly handsome and cool, and Lisa Marie was smitten. It's unknown whether the two stuck to their sobriety while they dated. There's some evidence they probably didn't. But whatever the situation, the two were instantly inseparable. And in 1988, when Lisa Marie was just 20 years old, they got married at the same rehab center where they had met. The next year, Lisa Marie gave birth to daughter Riley and in 1992, son Benjamin. But then, Jason, the weirdest thing imaginable happened. No hyperbole at all. I, I really is. No <laughs> hyperbole. Lisa Marie fell in love with Michael Jackson at this point. The two apparently met at a dinner party where they were seated next to each other. And according to Rolling Stone magazine, at some point during the night, MJ leaned over and whispered in her ear, you and me, we could get into a lot of trouble. Think about that, girl. It, uh, look, you, you look, have to pause on this been, moment. There's Who been so Michael much Jackson speculation yeah. about whether Michael Jackson was straight or gay or non-sexual. It, none of it matters. I really don't care. I don't think anybody cares. But the idea that he was this Lothario who leans over to one of the most eligible young women. She's going, I guess, is separated at this point from Danny Keo, but she's she's gorgeous. Leans over. He's like, hey, baby. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Yeah. You and me can get into a lot of trouble. I, it's so, it's it's impossible to believe. It's bizarre. And at the time, as we were witnessing this in real time, it was fascinating. I mean, they were the the object of endless fascination. And remember, I, w- I always think of this as Michael Jackson was very odd. He was eccentric. We know yeah. all this, but he's also pop obsessed. You remember he would yeah. buy the Elephant Man's yes. bones. Yes. He bought part of the Beatles catalog. He was a historian of pop culture. And so to be next to Elvis's daughter, who's the biggest figure in pop culture, he must have just been overwhelmed. She's also beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think he just thought the union of me, King of Pop, this... and her, the daughter of the King of Rock and Roll, is too irresistible. There, there's... We're going to talk about the Diane Sawyer interview in a second that they did together. But during that interview, we don't have this clip. During that interview, he said, um, he said, I first saw her, and his voice is so high, I don't want to imitate it, but we, I first noticed her when she was 18 years old. He's specific, he's very clear to say, because all the allegations had already come out, when she was 18, and basically said, I became obsessed with her right away. But then I saw she got engaged and been married to Danny Keogh. And I was heartbroken because all I wanted was Lisa Marie. It's like, oh, he was what? obsessed. What is Remember, going he was on? Already the guy who brought Liz Taylor to the Oscars. Yes. You know, so he yes. loved being around figures who were sort of exalted in this way, but nonetheless, bizarre. Let's take a quick ad break and we'll be back after this. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal or... Go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So a few months after Lisa Marie met Michael, she divorced Danny Keough, and 20 days after that, they got married in the Dominican Republic and honeymooned at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida. Trump would later say they spent a full week in the tower and almost never came down. (laughs) 
and, and you can, this is early Trump when he was sort of oh, a different pop culture figure. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. relished oh, that he had it. these two loved massive it. celebrities and, and, and talking about it. And on paper, the union did make some sense. Perhaps no two young people on the planet had ever been as famous as young as these two were. And both had the scars to prove it. But a union of the deep voice, rough edge Presley, who oozed sensuality at this point in her life, and the delicate, dainty Jackson, who, well, didn't, was bewildering. I mean, we've touched on this. They held hands in public, and then they shared this long, deep, awkward kiss at the 1994 MTV Music Awards, which uh, just set the world ablaze. <laughs> and on the footsteps of that, they gave this very personal interview to Diane Sawyer in 1995. I respect him. I admire him. I'm in love with him. And no, uh, we don't sleep in separate bedrooms. Thank you very much. And, um... I love everything about him. Your fans had one question they most wanted to ask of you. Do we have sex? We have Yes, I yes, yes. C can you imagine the entirety of their relationship, Jason, explaining that it was real? This was how it was handled publicly. They would do these interviews and they had to tell people, yes, this was I... This was only the most Michael Jackson. famous time that they were asked this question yes. because this Diane Sawyer interview was watched by 60 million people. It's remarkable. Those are Super Bowl numbers, and that's how many people watched this interview with these two insanely famous people. But it was bizarre. They, they were asked countless times, do you guys really have sex? And Diane Sawyer asked her like six times right in front of him in later interviews, are you attracted to him? You find him attractive it, it, it was so insulting <laughs> so insulting the incredulity and the openness with which interviewers would just look at these two pop icons and say hey is this for real because he's really weird <laughs> he's really that weird. was the nature You're of the conversation gorgeous and he's so bizarre is it is it real but then again weren't we asking the same questions also absolutely it was a point in time where it was okay to ask these questions and the world was fascinated that interview was watched by 60 million people jason it's hard I mean, to those fathom. numbers but it didn't seem surprising because this was the object of fascination at the time so the marriage was short-lived they divorced in january 96 she would later tell oprah that while she was trying to remain sober michael was an addict and when she gave him an ultimatum her or the drugs he chose the drugs but despite that, she maintained throughout her life that their love and their intimacy were real. With the demise of her marriage came the dawn of her career. Inspired by Natalie Cole's posthumous duet with her father, Nat King Cole, Lisa Marie got the idea to record a track with her voice next to Elvis's. The result was Don't Cry Daddy. It's not a great song, as you'll hear in a second, but it gained a ton of media attention and spurred the idea that Lisa Marie could be a viable recording artist. Every time I cry, no, it hurts my little children so Would it be the same tonight? Don't cry, Daddy. Am I being too hard? Is that a bad song? No, it's not that she's a bad singer. It's not a great song, but... She's putting her voice next to one of the most iconic voices in history, and she's an adequate singer. Yeah. So I always felt like that was an impossible journey. Now, Natalie Cole herself was a singer. Yeah. So being next to Nat King Cole worked in a way that this really never did. So into the mix comes Glenn Ballard, a legendary songwriter and producer who had just finished working with Alanis Morissette on Jagged Little Pill, which one of the great albums of the entire 1990s. Ballard thought Lisa Marie could be a star, but saw she had no idea how to get there. He told Rolling Stone, quote, her father was Elvis Presley. She was married to Michael Jackson. It was like, what am I supposed to do? His response was for her to dig into her past and write what she knew. And the result months later was the deeply personal album, To Whom It May Concern, 
about fame and family legacy, loneliness, and heartbreak. The most successful song on the album was the pop country single, Lights Out. You know, it, it's not bad. It's not as if Lisa Marie Presley was untalented. She's yeah. just always compared to her father. It's sort of like uh, Michael Jackson's children, Paris and so forth. Yeah. They can be adequate. They can be good actors. They can be good singers. But they're up against Madonna there's the a, same way. They're up against it's, the icon. It's Bronny James. It's, it, and, you know, it's what Blue Ivy's going to go through at some point. It's just that's the, what happens when your, kid, when your parents are legends. It's an yeah. impossible task. So the album itself was a modest success. And Lights Out was a marginal hit at the time. But it got her back into music circles, which is where Lisa Marie felt most comfortable. She wrote dozens of songs for future albums, became close pals with Morissette, Rob Zombie, and Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, and started traveling to Vegas to attend concerts with Johnny and Linda Ramone. In 2000, she met actor Nicolas Cage at a party, Johnny Ramone's house, and in a familiar scene, left her current partner, married Cage in the summer of 2002 after a quickie romance, and then divorced him a few months later. She released her second album, Now What, in 2005, which performed okay but less well than the first, and in 2006 she married her fourth husband, guitarist Michael Lockwood, with whom she had twin girls in 2008. The opioids she was prescribed after her pregnancy were meant to be short-term to address the pain caused by her C-section, but they would instead come to define much of the last 14 years of her life. She tried to write more music, but nothing was really working. She sought a clean break from most of what she knew. First, her friends, because she said they were people who have no conscience and who are doing the most draconian things. And then her country, moving herself and her family to a 50-acre estate outside of London because she would say she was, quote, an emotional wreck who needed simplicity. But things weren't nearly as simple as she'd hoped. She was chronically late to appointments in the city because she said the paparazzi were hounding her. And she was constantly being drawn back to the States to attend gatherings mostly intended to honor her father. She described it as a crazy life and she moved back to Nashville a short time later. But her demons followed her wherever she went. Her music career languished, and her addiction raged, this time with cocaine boosting the effects of the opioids, and she was putting on weight, something that she would seek to address surgically, as we now know, with catastrophic consequences. In 2016, she and Lockwood split, and the divorce battle got very nasty and very expensive. We covered a lot of this. You can look into it. With Lockwood pressing to deprive his addicted ex-wife of guardianship of their children. And in the midst of it all, it came out that Elvis Presley Enterprises, which is the entity that controls the Elvis Presley estate, was $20 million in the hole thanks to, quote, continuous excessive spending by Miss Presley, meaning Lisa Marie. Yeah, there, there are all sorts of stories. She had the private jets. She had the crazy, she would pay for, we, we saw the same thing with Winona Judd, another scion Absolutely. of a legend, right? And, and and she would spend millions and millions of dollars a month. And Elvis obviously wasn't making the kind of money that he once was. It was still a very valuable brand. And Graceland was very valuable. And his his catalog was quite valuable. But she was living the life of peak of Elvis Presley. Yes. Huge rock star. The same life that, frankly, Elvis had once lived. And he spent a fortune. Um, and she was trying to live that life. But she was bringing in not nearly the income that he was at the time. And also, like, Elvis could just go and do another tour and get paid millions of dollars. 
She just had to continue to milk the catalog and it just wasn't there for her, those kind of assets. And, and she just, you know, got further and further in the hole. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because she was the only offspring of, of Elvis. So you would think that his fame could float this lifestyle forever. It's just not the case because that mailbox money is less than you think it is. Even yeah. the estate, you know, passage of time interest wanes even for icons like like Elvis Presley when they're not alive. So she ultimately had to leverage Elvis's estate and Elvis's catalog just to keep it going. It's a little unclear exactly what it it's not public, but it seems that she took out loans on the on the on the catalog. She sold off rights to the catalog as much as she could just to keep her head afloat. And it's always sad when that kind of thing happens. Is now going to some large corporation who's now running Elvis's estate and that's not you know, not what Elvis would have wanted. It's sort of sad. I, it is what it is. I mean, you know, artists do it to make money, but look, she had four husbands. She had a messy yeah. personal life and those things get expensive as well. But, you know, through it all, she continued to pen songs. And in 2020, her oldest daughter, Riley, got the lead role in Amazon's Daisy Jones and the Six, which is a huge show. It's sort of a, a fictionalized version of Fleetwood Mac is, yep. is the premise of the show. And that put her on the trajectory for real stardom. I mean, Riley Keough is is a legitimate actress yep, now big in star. her own right. Mm-hmm. But any optimism Lisa Marie might have allowed herself came crashing down in July 2020 when her 20-year-old son, Benjamin, killed himself. The autopsy found cocaine and alcohol in Ben's system, the same combination in which Lisa Marie had once indulged and caused Priscilla, her mother, to force the then 17-year-old into Scientology rehab. Ben had not been so lucky himself, and this tragedy in combination with this, uh, you know, the surgery she had and the complications from that really was a deadly combination for Lisa Marie. She never got over the death of her son. You never do. You never do. Uh, Ben's death, to your point, really did seal Lisa Marie's fate in many ways. And no brush with movie stardom was going to change it. She would later write, quote, I've dealt with death, grief, and loss since the age of nine years old. I've had more than anyone's fair share of it in my lifetime. And somehow I've made it this far. But this one, the death of my beautiful, beautiful son, she wrote, requires of me, quote, a real choice to keep it going. Perhaps Lisa Marie no longer wanted to make the choice to keep going. Her heart was broken and her stomach tormented her. And she maybe just lacked the motivation or the stamina or the will to go see a doctor so she could continue the fight. Lisa Marie's funeral was held at the same location and attended by many of the same people who had been there for Elvis's funeral 46 years ago and then Ben's just two years before. Daughter Riley wondered aloud during the eulogy whether Lisa might finally know how much she was loved. She went on, quote, I hope I can love my daughter the way you love me the way you love my brother and my sisters. Thank you for giving me strength, my heart, my empathy, my courage, my sense of humor, my manners, my temper, my wildness, my tenacity. I'm a product of your heart. My sisters are a product of your heart. My brother is a product of your heart. Lisa Marie is buried in the Graceland Memorial Gardens, right next to her son, Ben, and just a few steps from her dad. I love you for a hundred. Oh. Mm-hmm.